buddies, fellow Franco fans, fans of Uncle Jess, it is I, your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, and today I am coming to you from the Blue Rita Club, on the other side of Nowheresville. This is episode 22, uh, Blue Rita, uh, film number 80 from Jess Franco, uh, film 13 of 16 that we've reviewed so far in the Jess Franco, Erwin C. Dietrich collaboration. So yeah, this is the 13th of 16 of those that we've done. Um, let's see, uh, this is Blue Rita, the English language DVD title, Switzerland, France, 1977, original theatrical title, um, Das Frauhaus, Das Frauenhaus, um, Switzerland was German, House of Women. Uh, Blue Rita, the French theatrical, Belgian theatrical poster. Uh, alternate titles. Alternative titles. Le Cabaret de la Félix Perverse. Uh, Belgian French language theatrical. Uh, Cabaret of Perverted Girls. Uh, let's see. Also, we have um, Blue Rita, the Cabaret of Perverts. Uh, Blue Rita, Le Cabaret of de Filthy Perverses. French press. Liar. Uh, the Men's Trap at Paris, 1978 trade title reported in Variety. Um, okay, Claire, so I have this, uh, The on my wall I have a theatrical um, Lo Candida slash Playbill poster for it, and it's uh, Claire Dove Schiavola Schiavola, and uh, I'm going to use that as the episode picture for this week uh so yeah every episode we always have a picture either of the dvd or of the poster or whatever and that's going to be this week's um picture image so yeah claire dos Scavola Scavola. um it's also translates to claire where it's slippery slippery uh claire linguia viva italian theatrical title claire the living tongue that's awesome claire the living tongue like lena's magic tongue that i always talk about uh, production company Elite Film, Elite Film AG from Zurich, uh, Compututor, Compututor Francois de Film Production Paris, uh, theatrical distributors Avis Film Verlag, Switzerland West German, Computer Francois de Film Production Paris, and Victoria Films in Belgium. Uh, shooting date is early 1977. Uh, the certificate issued was June of 77. And played Germany July 8th of 77. Played Biel Bielens, Switzerland in October 17th, 1977. Uh, French visa issued November 24th of 77. Played Paris November 30th, 77. Then a year later, uh, October of 78, it played in Zurich. And uh, played May 8th as Claire Linguia Viva. Then May 25th as Claire Dove Schivola Schivola. Then Turin. On August 22nd as Claire Linguia Viva and November 23rd in Turin as Claire Dovskivola Skivola. Uh, theatrical running time Switzerland 72 minutes, Germany 75 minutes 11 seconds, France 78 minutes, and Paris 95. The longer version may have included hardcore inserts. Uh, Blu ray running time uh, 78 minutes 29 seconds. Ascot Elite Blu ray. Director Jess Franco, producer Erwin C. Dietrich, director of photography Rudolf Kutel, 
Production manager, Werner Zindler. Music, Walter Baumgartner. Costumes, Eileen Salzman. Makeup, Jacob Pyre. Title, Studio Barkstock. And Elite Film Production, Eastman Color. Uncredited, French co-producer, Robert D. Nicel. Did Jess Franco... Okay, actually, let me get the course proper credit. Flowers of Perversion, Volume 2. Mr. Stephen Thrower. Available on Amazon.com. Uh, really great. Volume 1, Volume 2. These are the source books for... My research on the podcast, besides watching the films and interpreting, of course, my own, but um, any historical facts, synopsis, production notes, titles, dates, all that good stuff comes from this wonderful tome. So let's see. Uh, did Jess Franco take a Christmas vacation in Paris at the end of 76? If so, perhaps he bumped into a few old confraries while strolling down the Champs Elysees because Blue Rita, his first film of 77, was a co-production between Erin Dietrich's elite film and Franco's erstwhile Parisian producer, Robert D. Nicelle. Um Such an alliance was a one-off for Dietrich, who hardly ever alliances himself with other producers, having amassed enough money to fund his films without the need of co-producer production partners. Nevertheless, Blue Reed was shot on location in Paris, drew up a number of French actors, and was at least in some sense a Swiss-French co-production. Meanwhile, Franco was back in legal trouble, this time with the German producer Arthur Bronner at his long-established company CCC Filmkunst on, October, on February 3rd, 1977. Franco was served papers relating to three films he had made for Bronner in 1970. Vampiros Lesbos, The Devil Came from Oxava, and she killed in ecstasy. The company demanded 11,880 Swiss francs, since Swiss francs, plus 6% interest since April 21st, 1971, along with a further sum of 11,841 Swiss francs. Uh, let's see. Um, the review, let me give you just kind of a brief one on this episode. Um, This is one of Franco's most audience-friendly sex dramas. As if your personal, and if your personal, and if your personal taste in interior design runs to 1970s kitsch modern, then it's a veritable smorgasbord of visual pleasure. An early scene has Euro scene regular Olivier Mathot and sultry black actress Vicky Mesman making out in an all-white room on an inflatable bed made from transparent plastic, surrounded by a matching chairs and lawn chair. When transparent. Plastic funnels descend from ceiling, emitting sedative fumes, and the gas mask lackeys of Blue Rita carry the unconscious victim away for interrogation. We're looking at a sort of cut-price echo of the camp spy stories popular in the 60s, such as Danger Diabolique and Modesty Blase, and also The Girl from Rio. Uh, a cool early scene has Chantel Viaperin, clad only in a dark black cape, running down a Parisian back street before being run over by a car driven by Pamela Stanford, who's wearing a silver cat suit straight out of Barbarella. From the opening sequence, in which red and blue oil lamps bathe pole dancing girls in primary colors while a ripoff of green onions plays on the soundtrack, Blue Rita tickles the senses so efficiently that it's half an hour before one realizes the story has gone precisely nowhere. Rather, as Rita's interrogation techniques withhold sex from her desperately horny victims, the film itself withholds detail and intricacy into the final ten minutes before exploding into a welter of double crosses and absurd twists. For regular Franco watchers, the film offers many pleasures. Stanford is always a welcome presence. 
here setting up tortures and then finding herself on the receiving end after being dropped in the shit by a colleague. While Delamore is suave and sinister as her associate Bergen, who feeds victims into Rita's sex torture web, according to his own malign agenda. Meanwhile, fans of Eric Falk will get a kick out of his turn as a Russian boxer. He's captured and sexually tortured by Rita, but turns out to have a few tricks up his own held in reserve. Uh, torture scenes are a lot of fun, both for their inten- intentionally camp elements and the unintentionally hilarity of the English translation cast and crew. The weakest link in the film, cast-wise, is top-billed Martine Fleety, who delivers an inexpressive performance as Rita, given that Franco was hot off the set of Elsa the Wicked Warden, starring the leeringly expressive Diane Thorne, he must have found working with Fleety a bit of a come-down. She can barely muster a sneer during her dominatrix scene, so thank goodness for the low-angled camera shots which do all the work on her behalf. After, mar- make- after making her debut in the sex horror flick Dragosi ou la Manure Infernal for porno director and sometimes paperback scribe Patrice Rome, Fleety divided her time between Franco, Blurita, Elise Fontaut, and Gébrelet de Portot, and Alan Payette, for whom she appeared in six hardcores, Cocktail Porno, Bangkok Porno, announced especially as pour couple of Viso, Veronique, Nick, Nick, Je ne sais, Grancis, and Sophia Aimless Sosa. From, that's from 77 to 78. Location. Location work was divided between Zurich. The safe house scenes were filmed at the Villa Sonnenberg and Paris. Uh, Pamela and Sanford and Jai de meet on the Pont de l'Ebicom, adjacent to the Eiffel Tower. French theatrical release. Blue Rita played in Paris for two weeks from November 30th, 1977, missing modest ticket sales of 6176. Other versions. There's apparently an alternative French version of the film called Blue Rita, incorporating hardcore scenes with two additional actors. All right, so that's going to wrap up all the uh, technical stuff of Blue Rita. Um, I watched it on the um, Full Moon DVD uh, as part of the Franco box set, the 10 deal one. That's the cheapest. Um, but after watching it, I I did like it. That was pretty cool. Uh, Visually, it's interesting. Um, it's more laid back. It's not like really layered like a lot of his stuff or his really good stuff. But uh, I went ahead and bought the Ascot Elite Blu-ray, and uh, so yeah, it was visually really cool. I, I dug it. I liked it more after I thought about it, and uh, you know, kind of settled on it for a day or two. It got better the more I reminisced about it. So I got the Ascot Elite Blu-ray coming. Um, that one's around twenty-eight bucks, something like that. Um, through Amazon, of course, uh, second party, where it is third party seller, uh, Davadi, and, uh, maybe like, oh, there's a company called Harvest something, Harvest Mouse, let's see. So I don't know, anyway, but yeah, there's like two or three different sellers on there that have that. Film notes, mission, okay, mission statement, of course, praised in the memory of Jess Franco, bringing the name and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. And of course we are doing that with this podcast and, uh, it's cool too on Instagram. Everybody does Franco Fridays. Uh, just Franco Fridays. Everybody hashtags that. Everybody wishes everybody happy Franco Fridays. So that's always a totally cool thing, always. Um, yeah, you can get us at FrancoObserver at yahoo.com. Please download the episode. Uh, it increases the, our numbers and our audience. Please rate and share the episode on your listening platform. Uh, what else have we got here? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We got pages there. Find uh, the Franco Observer podcast on 
Desperate on um, Instagram and Facebook, and also my company, Desperate Visions. If you want, you can find us on Facebook and uh, be on the updates for new films and productions we hope to do in 2021. If uh, we get the vaccine and everybody has doses and all that stuff, so kind of everything's just kind of waiting on that, you know. Once we start getting everything back in motion again, more people will be down to start filming and everything. But uh, right now, everybody's kind of gun-shy, and, you know, I don't blame them. I'm, I'm that way, too. Um, fortunately, still, I'm an essential worker, so I uh, work for a company. I have a cubicle and everything, and uh, I do the 40-plus hours a week doing that. And then, of course, the podcasts, try to do one or two of those a week. And then um, all my script writing and that, I try to knock out on the weekends, along with podcast editing, do all the sound editing on the podcast, make all the levels good, and so it's not just slapped together. Of course, the intro music and all that, you have to lay in with editing. So, yeah, getting all that done, it's fun. I dig it. Keeps my time busy. Keeps the uh, keeps the depression away, you know. It's one thing with your art. Artist, you guys always good to have your mind busy. Always good to be creating because when you're sit around and get stale man it's not good for you it's not good for your muscles it's not good for your mind it's not good for your spirit your creativity all that so we're always fighting that so keep moving brain body soul that's my best advice i can give you for this night um yeah keep moving with your eyes keep moving with your brain keep moving with your heart keep moving with your body so let's keep moving and uh keep moving and grooving to blue rita uh you'll hear I think there's, yeah, I I'm, I should have a Blue Rita trailer for this because I got all the Ascot Elite stuff and all the trailers are on there. So I'll throw a Blue Rita trailer on. The Bumper Music's course on both sides. And then the uh, Blue Rita review with me and Eric, uh, which was fun. We had a good time. We enjoyed it. A lot of laughs. Um, hope you dig it. Talk to you later. Adios. den Scheck unterschrieben hast, bekommst du zu trinken. Nein, nein. Unterschreib, sonst lassen wir dich verdossen. Das Frauenhaus. Kompromisslos hassen die hier lebenden Frauen die Männer. Geheimnisvoll sind die Rituale Bluritas. Du schwörst, dass du bereit bist, für mich dein Leben zu opfern. Ja! Los, sag mir, für wen du arbeitest. Ich habe euch alles gesagt. Du lügst! Nein. Wir bringen dich noch zum Sprechen, Bobby. Glaub mir. Männer in der Weltstadt Paris auf der Suche nach Abenteuern verschwinden spurlos. Gina! Was ist denn los? Was, was ist denn, Princessa?
Ihr fahrt sofort zur Blorita-Bahn. Los, ab. Das Frauenhaus. Greetings, buddies. Welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. Coming to you today from the dark side of town by way of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, this is the Franco Observer Podcast, and this is episode 22, uh, and we review film 80. And also film 13 of 16 in the Irwin C. Dietrich, uh, Just Franco connection, collection, collaboration. Uh, this is uh, Blue Rita is the film we watched. Um, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Bonjour. Uh, bonjour. Wow. <laughs> Francie, that was a curveball right there. Just felt, you know. Muy bien. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, um yeah, we watched uh, Blue Rita. Uh, this was made in 1977, Switzerland. Um, it's actually a long film. Uh, let's see here. This was made, uh, hey, good save, 1977. I was right. Uh, so, yeah, in, uh, Blue Rita, 1977, uh, Switzerland and France co production. Um, let's see, it came out. Uh, I'll give you already all the dates on that, but. Uh, yeah, it came out in June of 1977. Um, synopsis on this is pretty short, so this is kind of cool. Uh, synopsis, Rita, a.k.a. Blue Rita, runs a nightclub where sexy women perform on stage. She also runs a torture and extortion racket, capturing men and subjecting them to a love potion that makes them so uncontrollably horny they'll divulge anything. Rita orders the killing of a prostitute who tries to escape the club, then decides a new girl is required to replace her. She hires Sam, a pretty young girl, and gives her the task of extorting money from a handsome Russian boxer whom Rita has kidnapped and imprisoned. However, Rita's nefarious private world is about to be broached, to be breached. A key employee is an undercover agent, and the victims are not always what they seem. So, uh... Starting off, Eric, did you like it? What did you think? I, visually, it was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely uh-huh. beautiful visually. Um, it, I think that's what I enjoyed the most of this movie, was uh, the visual. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Esther Moser. Yeah, she's, she's really hot. Yeah, she's uh, Esther Moser has a really cool credit in this. Um, she is, let's say I just said it earlier, she's billed as Rita's short-haired henchwoman. God dang, she looks so good with that short hair too, man. Oh yeah. my gosh. There's she's, a scene where she's standing in the club at the end and she's like looking tough with her short hair and her like cool shirt unbuttoned and yeah, she just looks really good. Yeah, she's not in this movie enough. Like no. she's not in this movie enough. Yeah, she's only like <laughs> the beginning and then kind of toward the end. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this is cool. This was made after Love Letters of a Portuguese Nun and then it was made before Satanic Sisters. And uh, Eric noticed a location toward the end that they use in Satanic Sisters. 
uh, exterior location of the building where they take uh, Eric's character at the end of Blue Rita and uh, the wall right there where they drive up. And so that was kind of cool seeing that again. You know? Yeah, it was like the same house. And also, too, in this film, uh, without going to the list first, um, yeah, they reuse a lot of the uh, the Urban C.D. trick. Um, actually, I'm going to go to the location thing real quick because I will throw that in. It's kind of short. Uh, location work was divided between Zurich. The safe house scenes were filmed at the Villa Sonnenberg in Paris. Uh, Pamela Stanford and Guy de la meet on the Port Pont de Hakeim adjacent to the Eiffel Tower. It's interesting to note that this is one of the very few landlocked Franco films. Like Exorcism three years earlier, Blue Rita features no ocean views. Instead, it is set beside this scene. But there is, now I'll go into the uh, list, <laughs> there is a body of water. There is a boat. Not a sailboat, but a, but a good, like, steam steam engine. There's a little barge. Yeah, There's a little barge, barge going barge through there. Dance scenes. There were many dance scenes and dance scenes in clubs, definitely. So there's that. Palm trees. I don't think so. I, I didn't, didn't notice. I any. didn't pay attention. I That's one pay, thing. Yeah. I didn't like, pay attention to the list, but I don't think I saw any. I don't because there wasn't too much of that like jungle type scene, you know. Yeah. No, it was all just the, uh, of course, the interiors of the clubs and then the Paris locations and then the studio stuff. So yeah. Um, Sheepskin rug, yes, the sheepskin rug made a fucking return appearance. Uh, I was happy. Eric kind of noticed it, actually. I, I didn't catch it, but Eric saw it. It was under the red bed again, which they reused, which yeah. I saw, you know, and saw that. I hope the, the rug is clean now. Like, I hope they I hope they clean it in between movies. Yeah. Because I think during, well, of course, they didn't use it in Portuguese none. It probably stayed at the uh, Zurich location. Yeah. Because uh, on this, we noticed, too, it was funny, in the room, the white rooms, you could see the... Um, white um like mats they put on the floor to cover the black floor or the paint of the floor and i was laughing with eric i said it's funny that we're looking at the seams on the floor where there's like a naked woman on, in, in the scene <laughs> having sex with somebody and we're like oh yeah there's a seam here there's a yeah. seam there you could tell where this was used in this film and that film this yeah. gorgeous woman's just naked we're like, oh look in the corner you can see the black line <laughs> yeah oh that was the room where they used in the other scene where they were dancing remember the fog came up Nerd. Totally desensitized now. Like, oh yeah, look, there's a flower. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go over a few things before I can tell you what I thought and everything. Yeah. Uh, it says uh, Blue Rita sees Franco returning to the theme of a strip joint as a front for criminal extortion, previously explored in Le Abranales, which also revisiting a theme from the far more disturbing Shining Sex, where hellishly uncontrollable lust induced by a substance smeared on the flesh. Here, however, the notion is played for camp laughs rather than erotic horror. Yeah, they use, like, green paint that they yeah. use. On. It basically turns you into an 18-year-old boy again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like a Viagra. It's like, actually, that's funny. It's like, yeah, yeah, instead of blue, it's green. If Viagra yeah. was green, it'd be even better. And just melt it down. Uh, Pamela Sanford and Guy D. Lorem are reunited after their prior association in Lorna the Exorcist. At one point, Stanford wears what looks like suspiciously like Soldad Miranda's red cape and trouser suit from Eugenie, 1970. Uh, sexual clinch filmed through a fish tank with goldfish flitting lazily about the scene and soft focus is borrowed from Succubus. So that's where he probably first started with the goldfish, this fish tank, which I'll go back to the list and I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, the plot notion of the club being uh, positively overrun with secret agents recall, rec recalls a similarly 
spy-riddled Colosseum sequences from Lucky the Inscrutable. Um, yeah, so, but, um, but yeah, no, it's cool. So basically, yeah, the sheepskin rug, uh, masturbation with a C item. No, I don't think there, there's even no, no I masturbation. I don't think there's so. masturbation. No, there's just a lot of sex. Yeah. A lot of fucking, a lot of pent up fucking horniness. Yeah. Uh, red lights. Yes. There's plenty of red lights yes. in this. There's red lights where they're dancing. There's red lights in the room. There's the red lights in the Eric dances with the chick in the red room. The whole thing I have that written down later. Um, this is funny. Eric brought this to my attention and I said, Oh yeah, you're right. Um, so I had chained up women on my list and in this film, there's two chained up men in the film. <laughs> so yeah, there's two men that are topless. They're topless. Topless yeah. men chained yeah. up. They show the nipples and they're tortured. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, you know, the one girl, she was chained up too at the end. Remember like when they're getting like, Oh, when they release that guy on her. Oh yeah. Well, Pamela Sanford. She, I don't chained know if she was the chained. Band. Yeah. That was more like yeah. handcuffed. I, I wouldn't, but definitely Eric's character yeah. and the guy that looked like Bob, our friend. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Bob. Uh, the guy looked like Bob. He was uh, a good-looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he uh, was chained up. They actually had chains. That was funny. Um, Lena's magic tongue. Now, unfortunately, no Lena Romay in this film. Uh, this is um, Portuguese Nun, of course, was before this. And then um, uh was before that was uh, Elsa, of course, which she was in that. But this is when she uh, went back and was either dissolving her marriage or getting ready to get out and stuff because she's uh, not in this or the next film, uh, Satanic Sisters slash Sexy Sisters. And I don't believe she's in Love Camp, but she comes back um, shortly thereafter that. Um, of course, she's not in Voodoo Passion either, but she comes back in uh, Wicked Women, so that's that's cool. So a few more films you got to go through without uh, no no Lena. <laughs> Sorry, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's many people that have that. Um, but there's magic tongues in this, I think. Yeah, there's some licking. Yeah, there's, so there's a, a lot of licking. There's some licking. A lot of licking. Uh, zooms. Really, you know, okay, now this is weird. Um, in uh, Flowers of Perversion, Volume 2 by Mr. Stephen Thrower, he had um, talked about the camera really not moving a lot in this film. There's a lot of stationary shots and some zooms, but there's not. there's really no handheld movement. There's not a lot of this crazy camera that he likes to employ because, um, of course, working with the Dietrich, Dietrich slowed him down and made him not do as much as that. So with this one, there's a lot of, but there's some really beautiful shots in this Really film. beautiful. Yeah. I saw more like zooming out shots in this. It seemed like he more started like and would zoom out. Yeah. It was, yeah, and it was definitely, because it was, like we had talked about, this film was very slow. Super and with the camera work being like we're talking about and you saying the zooming out, it's stepping back and it's stepping back from the action because there's a lot of things going on. But with all the double crosses in that, it really doesn't speed up until like the last 10 minutes or yeah. like eight minutes maybe is when the shooting and all the stuff and it really changes the pace. But before that, it's very slow. And like he writes too, it's you really watch about 45 minutes before you don't know what the fuck's going on. It's just kind of, <laughs> you just kind of follow it and it's just, you know, you kind of, it's really light on plot. There are things going on. I mean, I'm going to go through the thing, but, it, but anyway, I'm jumping ahead. Um, zooms, not very much. And we said mirror shots. There's some cool mirror shots yeah. in this, uh, fish tank shots as well. Of course, there's a really cool shot through the fish tank to a mirror reflecting a person on a bed. So it was really cool how, Instead of just showing, and then of course he shots shoots through the fish tank to the bed, but 
he uses a mirror to reflect the action off the bed, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, there's also mirrors in the white rooms, but he doesn't use those to any advantage at all. They're just there's props. Um, but yeah, so um, with this, uh, you have nudity like right off the bat, immediate. Yeah, you see the Blue Rita credit, Blue Rita, and then you see a club, and then it's just nudity, like two topless chicks in the club dancing or whatever. Um, very cool, very, very, very cool credit sequence with this. Oh yeah, oh I, yeah. I was really blown away by this credit sequence. That he's like a cool crystal uh, uh, multiplication shot of people, where you see multiple images of the person in like a crystallized form, uh, with titles zooming in and out, and it's very psychedelic. Very, very cool. Um, then you see the water in the boat in the beginning. Um, of course, uh, Pamela Stanford is really good in this. She plays Gina, and uh, she um, we see the beginning of a white room with plastic blow-up uh, furniture that Eric had talked about. Yeah, he dug the the uh, style of this film. Yeah, it was really cool. Like it's uh, it was so futuristic looking, but it was just like all these like blown up furniture, but in one chair, it was like the outline of a body, like that was inside the chair. Yeah, it was very odd. It was almost like a like a silhouette of a person but it looked like it might have been like a something sewn into it like a I don't know it was very odd looking yeah you know, that, the, 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 I wanted the chair it in the back. I definitely yeah. wanted it I was <laughs> like that is super cool like, I want that chair that is really cool um, yeah I have my notes uh, bad dubbing of course that's, that's the thing in this unfortunately um, watching these through the full moon they give you the English dub and it's almost like you almost want to go back and I've been going back and buying the Ascot Elite after watching some of these because I really prefer the either German or the French or whatever language they're using Spanish on the different films and then have the English subtitles because some of the dubbing isn't bad, but some of it's just really bad in a lot of his films, unfortunately. It's some that we were laughing at. Like what? What? Do you, who do you was the worst dubbing? Oh, Eric, dude. Yeah, Eric hands Falks, down. It was. Yeah. It was so. It sounded like an old Mexican or something like that. Like. Some scenes, it just it was yeah. not it didn't fit him at all. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah, I was like, "What?" I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of the I don't know. I mean, Rita's wasn't bad, I guess. Um, the um, Sarah Strasberg is princess. I don't know. I mean, her dubbing really was uh, Pamela Stanford. I I didn't really like her dubbing either, unfortunately. Um, because her voice is a lot better and the, I don't know, Esther Moser, she didn't really say much, so we didn't catch hers. Um, let's see. Or even the guy that was chained up, like the guy that, that's, we'll just call him Bob. Yeah. Um, the, the guy that's chained up, he's like, fuck me, fuck me. Like his, even yeah. his voice was like so bad. Yeah, it was a guy with like gray hair that was obviously in his probably late 40s, I would say, maybe or more. And then his voice was like a 20-year-old boy. It was very, very bad. Uh I think he is maybe Olivier Mathot as Rolf Schitzky, or he he's definitely not Inspector Tanner. He's not uh, Mr. Bergen. He's not Rita's long-haired henchwoman, obviously. Uh, Roman Hubert, gunman in ice cream trench coat. No, cream trench coat. Ice cream trench coat. Who has an ice cream trench coat? Let me tell you. It's cream trench coat, Jason. Yeah. So... Anyway. Somebody wants ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I like the Rocky Road trench coat, please. <laughs> so let's see. Um, we have. Uh, so yeah, we have the uh, 
Red Light. We have a Red Light stage show, uh, which was really interesting. They have a woman that's, that's painted silver uh, with the Ganesha in the front of her. And we have a woman that's uh, painted with like a third eye, almost like a Hindu style, seated next to her. And she proceeds to um, kiss the end of the trunk in almost a phallic sense. Oh, she used her tongue on the end of the trunk. Yeah. So, oh, so there's the magic tongue. Yeah, she yeah, used, yeah, her, I didn't think she about used that. her tongue on that. Yeah. And that was Francesca. That was like the leader of the the spy women. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Francesca. That was, uh, yeah. And it was funny because we had mentioned in, um, uh, was it, I'm sorry, I have space there, the poetry, um, um, women in the night traffic. When they use the portrait that we thought might be Muhammad, that they throw the semen on, and yeah. in this, he's like kissing Ganesha, which is the Hindu god, and he's using it in a in a sexual manner. So he's again like thumbing his nose at religion. Oh, in the last one, and Portuguese nun as well. Yeah, yeah the Catholic. So it's funny. They're, they're Satanists, and the yeah. priest is is having her blow him. Yeah, so that's interesting. These three <laughs> films in a row like this, he's using the... And then, of course, the next film is Satanic Sisters. Yeah. So that's another... Uh, so it's funny to think about that. Yeah, so he's definitely doing the, a theme running through each of these films. So that's that's one thing that he's probably hitting on, especially when you watch all these in a row like that. You start seeing the things like that. Um, I, wonder when he, I wonder when he gets the Jehovah's Witnesses involved. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Eric will really like that episode. Um, the lead in here... That plays Rita Martine Flite, F L E T Y. Um, I was watching, and I remarked to Eric. I said, "I thought if Lena was around, that would be the part Lena would play." Because I noticed, in lieu of Lena, he gets women that kind of look like Lena and that could act like her, like um, in uh, Satanic Sisters um, or in Voodoo Passion. He has the um, not Satanic Sisters, but in Voodoo Passion, he has the the main wife. I would think. Um, Lena would have played that part, the one that's yeah. controlled by mind and everything and stuff, and, and she kind of looks like her. And he gets a couple gals that resemble her. So it's it's funny. It's like if he doesn't have, like he has a certain vision, and if he doesn't have that, he takes of a, a facsimile of that, which is, I don't know, I, I kind of figured that watching that with Well, Lena was a facsimile herself of the of his prior girl, too. Sold on Miranda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, but that was his everything, his muse, but... But, in the, but I think with Soldad, though, she was a different form where she she didn't really resemble like Lena Romeo okay. as much, in, in my opinion, just yeah. her features and and her background and how she looked and, and everything. Um, but she was his vision and everything he did. That was a big part. And then, um, but even before though, I think like going back with like the Harry on Tower stuff, Maria um, Romay. I mean. Um, Maria Rome, she did a lot of the stuff with her and like girl, which you haven't seen, but like girl from Rio and the Fu Manchu films and 99 women, which I'll be doing next and stuff. And like that was Harry on Harry Allen Towers, girlfriend. Okay. And she was a blonde gal and she's in the earlier movies and she's in quite a few, um, Justine and, um, and a few of those films. So she's in like all the Harry Allen Towers ones. So seven or eight films. So she's like, okay, a thing too. So, but I think it's just who, I don't know. I was almost like as an artist, as I noticed that too, even in making my films, you kind of you have certain people that are in your life, certain years, and the more you do your journey or continue, or you're going to have you know that same because there's people that you'll meet, friends of yours that remind you maybe of other people, or yeah. will say, oh that person looks like so and so, and oh and then that and you're with a new group of friends and they don't know 
the person from your past group, but that reminds them of this person. And maybe yeah. two people in that group know that person, but it's like, you know, like say we have a friend named Collie. We'd say, oh, that girl kind of reminds us of Collie or something. Yeah. They wouldn't know who Collie was. And, but this girl acts like, oh, yeah, she's due at the party and is talking like that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've, I've noticed that in life where we'll have versions of other people. And I think with him, he has versions of uh, different women that is his go-to deal, you know. Um, but, yeah, so with that, with her, um, we see her rolling on the fog floor. Um, there's a really cool, I admired a uh, Francesca fish tank composition, really beautiful with a mirror that I had mentioned before. Um, Eric mentioned that really cool. There's a lot of cool, the, the pair of shots with, with Claire, uh, Pamela Stanford's character. You see the, um, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And that was the uh, first time that you had mentioned seeing that in Paris. I was like, wow, I actually saw the fucking Statue of Liberty in Paris. That's pretty cool that they showed that, you know? Yeah. No, I thought it was really neat. Cause all of a sudden we're watching it and it's like, oh wait, that's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Oh, wait, but that's really small. Oh wait, that's the actual one. That's the original. Yeah. And it's cool yeah. to see that. You think it's like yeah. a prop and they start zooming back cause there's a lot of cool Paris shots that he got it from a, like a balcony or something. He shot a lot of high, high uh, altitude shots and you can see the city and he does a lot of cool sweeps and, and pans and that. And, and you see all the locations. So there's a lot of, a lot of cool, uh, and it's cool to see Paris in the seventies, kind of all yeah. the shots that, that, that he uses in that. Um, yeah. So we see the uh, scene I liked is uh, Eric Falk's character. He comes off first as a boxer, you think, and then we turn out to find he's like this, high level agent in like the Russian army or whatever, uh, KGB or something. And, uh, there's a cool shot where he, uh, dancing and I, there's like red walls, red candles, red tablecloth, and they're lit with like a white light and like a kind of a bluish light. And that scene stands out because him and the character of Sam are dancing and they're just a lit really well. And everything around them is completely red. And that, that shot to me, I thought was very stylistic and very, very beautiful shot. Um, yeah, and the gal that plays Sam um, in this, she looked really spacey to me. Real space. Yeah. I mean, I know she was like, they like shot her up with that, uh, Francesca shot her up with like that, whatever it was, some kind of a yeah. solution inside of her vagina. Yeah, okay, and so that's when they were skipping over. I don't know. Um, so we see, like, basically we learned that Rita was like, uh, they shoved a red hot poker in her choker. No, uh, they, shoved, they shoved a red hot poker in between her spoker and uh, burned her really bad. And uh, she um, has her scientist, Francesca, making up a, por- a, a different potions to increase her, I guess, her nerve ends or her sensitivity or whatever to be able to feel pleasure again. Yeah, she just wanted to feel like a normal woman again. Yeah, yeah. that's what she. That's what her deal was. Um, so, yeah, so we see a lot of cool, like, Francesca's like a mad scientist, and we see a lot of mad scientists and mad doctors in Franco's film. That's another thing I should probably write down. Um, and of course, mind control too is a thing. I was going through old notes, and that's another thing he uses a lot is mind control. And in this, the green cream that they rub on is mind control because they're so horny they'll do whatever, they whatever ask. you want. He says, "This is who I work for." And the guy spills the beans and just <laughs> I will give you all the money. <laughs> yeah, he has like two hundred thousand dollars just to have this one girl, you know. And Eric's character, Eric Falk's character, when he's chained up, instead of saying he wants to fuck her, he's like, "I want you to sleep with me. Sleep with me." <laughs> It's like, what are you tired? Go to sleep then. Send me to sleep with you. I just want cuddles. Um, I want to smash. And then I also noticed there's a cool sequence where Sam's doing a strip tease as Pippi Longstockings, 
And that was pretty funny. She has a Pippi Longstocking's wig. And I didn't recognize her. I thought it was Rita, but then we were confused. But then it turned out to be Sam. We recognized her, the blonde-haired gal. I think that was her cutest moment. Yeah. I really, like, she was really cute when she was acting like that. And, yeah, and this film just basically starts one way. And it's, like, basically Blue Rita is this gal who we ran the synopsis. And then uh, we come to find out people working for her and that she's working for are actually double agents and... We got Interpol. We got uh, Russians that are being captured by her to see her methods, so they might employ her. But then they decide that her and her group are too uh, wild, and that brings too much trouble to them, so they can't use them. Um, and the last thing I caught at the very end, um, Jess Frankel being a big j- jazz fan, there's a cool thing where uh, Sam, we find out, is an Interpol agent, and she is saved by her boss, and her boss sends her on a mis- mission. He says, uh, we're going to send you to Bob James. He's a musician. He goes, uh, uh, don't fall in love. And uh, Bob James, of course, was a famous jazz musician and did the song Angela, which was the theme for Taxi. So I'm sure that, that Bob James, Jess Frank was mentioning, is... Uh, the musician Bob James that he says is a musician so I thought that was a cool little shout out at the end a little shout out to Bob James so and I was telling Eric about that and then this is the song Angela so <laughs> so that's good yeah so good job on Bob James and there because it's like oh I wonder if Bob James worked with uh, Jess Franco and I don't think he did but now that's something that I'm going to enter into the memory banks and start researching to see if Bob James worked with Jess Franco um yeah, there's a lot of cool colors in this. Very cool colors. There's certain rooms where it goes yellow to green to purple and stuff. And yeah, where they're running from white and everything. Um, very cool exterior locations. Pamela Stanford's really good in this. She has a cool... She's not in enough, though. Uh, she's in that cool um, silver zip-up suit. And she hits that gal in the beginning with the car. It was a cool scene. Um, the opening gassing I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then... Uh, Francesca I liked was cool. Um, a lot of boots, silver boots, gold boots, all that. Um, a lot of plastic furniture. Um, a lot of naked old men. Um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, bushes in this. I'm not talking about George Bush either. But yeah, a lot of pubic hair on display. Um, I don't know, Eric. What any any notes or any thoughts you yeah, had? Yeah, it or? was. So the, the the movie confused me in the beginning because yeah. it was so futuristic looking, like with the white rooms and the inflatable furniture and the the, the smoke coming down from the ceiling and you know even the way the girls moved was almost like robotic, like right. it was almost like a future. But then it was not. It was it was just it's still in the seventies, you know. Like it was right. it was like a, this caper. But there were so many scenes that seemed like a few, like they were on a spaceship. You know? Yeah, well, it's almost that lended to the comic book kind of ideas, too, I think. Now thinking about, like, Danger Diabolique or, or like, Girl from Rio, where it's modern, modernistic, fut- or futuristic modern, you know, yeah. where it's got the futuristic trappings, but it's still a modern society because, especially on a budget, I mean, you know. Because, like, they use good, good call because, like, now I'm thinking back. Like, you know, I was thinking about, like, a special effects. Like, on this, there's a scene where they have them put in a cell and, and they have spikes coming down on them. And you could look and you could see it's like tinfoil or spray painted. And, and like the door is obviously tinfoil the door again when they go yeah. out and, and stuff. And like there's like levers they pull that look like they're from like sh- some shower lever or like a beer tap or something. <laughs> and, and they have these little lights that have little LEDs, little Christmas lights. And, you know, it's really, you know, but it's like, dude, that's as a viewer, it's like 
who do you want a fancy futuristic bulb that turns 29 colors or are you cool with two lights flickering i mean who the fuck cares you know yeah. i mean that's the way i look at it it's like people are so snobby they get like cheat they get so like uh accustomed to certain special effects where they see things that there are less you know complicated or whatever they don't take it as yeah. they look down on it instead of going well fuck dude who, really who the fuck cares it, it did the job like yeah, you knew what exactly. it was yeah. you knew exactly what it was it totally does and you see it moving and, you, and the things start going and it works you know and that's that's the thing people get stymied for they think oh I don't want to do that because it might look cheesy who the fuck cares man I mean you're, you're putting it out there would you rather not do it because it looks bad or, or like just do it and have a good time or like oh I don't have a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to do that look I mean just you know it, just do it man you know so I, I dug that. I dug the futuristic look of it. Um, I, I, I thought it was, it was just hilarious. Like when, um, when uh, Eric, his character, because at the beginning he's introduced as a boxer, who's, um, who's going to be like, um, yeah, Eric seeking. Falk is Janus, Janus, Janus Lazard, also Janos Lazare, also known as Colonel Lazar. Western European chief of the CPPU. Yeah, I remember the CPPU because PU. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Communist yeah. Party, maybe CP for the first part. Well, he uh, well, Communist kind of, Party People's Union. Or, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Like, so he's he's in the bar when he he's with the, his two like guys who are watching him, and right. he sees that girl, and he goes and dances with her and starts making out, and then they're like, "Oh, forget about that girl. Forget about that girl," and they leave. And as they're walking to the car, he's like, oh, you guys want me to forget about that girl, blah, 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 blah. But then all of a sudden, he busts out in karate moves. Like, here's yeah. this guy who's supposed to be a boxer, and he's like, what? Like, yeah, good call. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, like Franco with karate. Like, Franco did a lot of the karate later on, you'll see in, like, uh, uh, looking at my shelf here. Uh, Shadow of Judoka versus Dr. Wong, and he uses karate and... Um, um, uh, in search of the golden dagger, he says karate in that, and then I think uh, uh, quite a few other ones. So yeah, and then of course in uh, in um, White Slave too did that one in that. But yeah, it's funny because he got in that kick of karate. And, and you're talking about too. Eric had mentioned that he, he, when we were watching, he's like, "Why are his friends attacking him?" Yeah, and I was thinking the, these two guys hang out in the bar, and then he and then they said, "Oh, forget about her." And and then he goes, and then they're arguing about wanting to hang out and drink all night, and then they're like his friend like. Picks up a two by four and like hits him, trying to hit him over the back. It's like, well, these guys are just drink with you and hang out with them, and all of yeah. a sudden now you're that pissed, you're gonna t- fucking take up a two by four and fucking try to kill yeah. the guy. Like Jesus, dude. But that's how badly he wanted that girl, though. Like yeah. he, 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 then he runs back to her, and goes, yeah, sorry, I had to lose my nannies. Yeah, like he, he wanted her so bad, he karate beat these guys until he knocked them both out, yeah. so he can go back to the girl. Yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was very odd, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot of twists and turns. And then I've read too, like if on the second viewing, now that we know all the twists and turns, when you watch it, some of it's so more sillier because you're yeah. just like, dude, you know, cause you know how it ends. You're like, why did you do this or that? You know, I don't think they needed to pour the green liquid on Eric. Like, I don't yeah. think they needed to. He's already horny enough to where like, yeah. And Eric was getting a little too excited in the, in in that cell, and he was like bouncing up against the vinyl wall. It was almost gonna like. And it was um, visibly moving. It was supposed to be like a stationary wall, and he was just fucking rocking back and forth and almost breaking that wall. I was laughing. <laughs> and he's like grabbing up with the fucking spikes coming down, like he was going to break one of the fake fucking knives that are supposed to be like iron, you know? Well, then, and then Sam comes down to him in a gas mask, and she's like, I'm here to sleep with you. I'm here to help you. I'm going to sleep with you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh. And then and at the end, her. he's like, who are you? This girl that he said he loved before, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, who are you? And, she's and like, he didn't recognize her just Sam. because she's wearing a gas mask. Even this is not the first time we fucked. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and you can see her eyes in the gas mask. Yeah. Obviously, looked in her eyes and in her mouth, or and I think her nose. You can see or something, and then obviously her hair and in her body. And he's like, "Who are you? Thank he's you like, for giving me. <laughs> thank you for giving me sex, but who are you? <laughs> yeah, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger's dumber younger brother. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I am. This is Schwarzenegger drank during pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, don't yeah. <laughs> Don't eat the paint chips, kid. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and bash him. But yeah. No, 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 no. He's, he's living a life I would love to live. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but I'll see that. We'll see. His character looked like he might have had too many paint chips. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, so I'd say one note I put on top of everything for Blue Rita is "Who's Zooming Who." The song from uh, Aretha Franklin. Who's zooming? Who? That's this whole fucking movie. Is who's zooming? Who? Yeah. And who's fucking pulling the cross and what's going on and that and stuff. So. Yeah, maybe I'll put in who's zooming who at the end of this episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw back to Aretha. Yeah. And the only other scene that really like that I I really, really loved was um when Rita was running, it was like the chase scene through the club and like everyone's kinda of coming out towards the end. Towards the end, yeah. And it's just it was so dope. Like it, like she came running out of this green room and she's all lit purple and the room's all purple yeah. and change the rooms. And then she runs into another room and it's like a yellowish like light in the background and it was just beautiful. Like it was just so visually yeah. stimulating. And, and like all the film had style and, and, yeah. and the exterior shots with Paris and all that stuff, but that last sequence was very cinematic with yeah. the, they actually used real like blanks and the guns and some Franco films they'll like pull the rifle but you won't see any smoke come out you'll just hear the sound effect of a shot and the person screams and you see no blood or nothing but this they're actually shooting like real blanks and you can see the smoke coming out of the guns and stuff in the end so it's like, okay that's cool I it definitely looked more realistic you know and some of those movies he doesn't even have a gun yeah, some yeah of those movies, they just shoot they're and there's right. no gun there's a gun slightly out of frame that's <laughs> implied you know but like the music fit a lot of the scenes oh, yeah, were almost yeah. like perfect with the music good and call like, yeah I was wondering if, if they had a live track and then moved because some of the dancing sequences fit in time with certain emotions or if he just laid that track in after but uh, oh yeah speaking too really quick on uh, the music on that because we're talking about music um, one last thing it says that there's a uh, a great Pink Floydish workout for organ and percussion during the first sex scene uh, the aforementioned Booker T ripoff uh, recycled from Erwin Dietrich's sex film Machinic Mare and a reprise of the haunting Indian flavored music from the Avengers episode Honey for the Prince already used in uh, Doriana Gray. Here it plays over a risque sex scene in which one of Rita's henchwoman has oral sex with the trunk of Ganesha, a mask of whose face is placed like a codpiece over a woman's crotch. So yeah, that's the music on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was... That's what, in. Like I said, it was very slow, but it was so visually stimulating, I didn't lose interest. No. You know, and that was one thing that I really enjoyed about it. You know, I wouldn't say, like, it was one of my favorite movies or, you know, anything like that, but visually, it's beautiful. It's really stimulating. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and it's a fun movie. It's something where you can not pay attention and not really miss a lot, especially yeah. the first, you know, hour of it. Um, but, yeah, so, I know, it, it's, it's cool. It's definitely, you know, a step down from... Love Letters of Portuguese Nun and maybe like uh, Elsa and, and For Me Faceless and Jack the Ripper and that. But it's definitely better than Around the World in 80 Beds and Girls in Night Traffic and, yeah. you know, this and that. So, but it's, it's it's definitely fun to watch and I would recommend it. Um, you get the Full Moon DVD of it. Um, also, you can get the Ascot Elite, which is a better version, the Blu-ray one. Um, you can also get us at FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. Uh, please download the episode. It increases the numbers, our audience. Uh, also, too, if you can rate and share it 
uh, if you have that option on your listening platform, Apple's iTunes, whatever. Um, also, too, uh, you could start looking in 2021 uh, for more Desperate Visions productions coming your way. Uh, I'll keep people updated on that and any new offerings in the Desperate Visions universe. Um, Please subscribe on Spotify. Please subscribe on Spotify. Yeah, there you go. Eric's Eric's call out. (laughs) So, yeah, if you're friends with me or Eric, subscribe to our show, man. Even if you don't listen, just subscribe to our show, man. Come on, man. And it helps us help brother out. Shit, this is fucking episode 22. How many of your friends, you know, has put out 22 episodes of something as weekly and it's like under the radar? Like, so do it. You know, it's cool. Fucking subscribe. <laughs> so, yeah, um, today we're recording this. It's uh, January 21st of uh, the year 2021. And it's a uh, birthday shared by Mr. Telly Savalas and uh, Mr. Wolfman Jack. So, I'm give a shout out to the great beyond, to the two great men. Who loves you, baby? We do. So, uh, with that, who loves you, baby? Beautiful nights. <laughs> <laughs>